And we are live here on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. What is up, everybody? Nick here from the P2W Fantasy Podcast. Very excited today, November 16th. We just finished off week 10, uh, heading into week 11 of an NFL season that seems to be flying by right now. Very, very excited to have two great guests on, both guests from the Undroppables team, which I continuously have said since the start of me being in the fantasy space is just a team that I have massive respect for. I can go down the list and invent off all the uh, Undroppables members that I've had on the podcast uh, that were um, coming on my shows when I barely had any sort of a following. Just a great group of people that bring a bunch of different uh, things to their brand there. So introduce both guests one at a time here. Um, very excited, like I said before. So first I got Mike Reedy on the show. Mike, money makers and heartbreakers. That's your that's your signature stamp for the Undroppables. I know you got that going on. I checked out uh, the latest article and you had some nice hits, man. You had a uh, uh, Dak Prescott, Ernest Johnson, Jamal Agnew, Tyler Conklin, Dan Arnold. You had some good hits in that that uh, that that piece there, and I know that's a, a DFS article that I I click on almost every single week, regardless if I'm playing or not, because it's always interesting to see you know some some guys to be aware of going into the week. But Mike, uh, can you tell us where to find you for one, and then talk about what you do for the Undroppables and just in general as well? Obviously, you can find me on on the Undroppables.com. Uh, Moneymakers and Heartbreakers is this thing I'm probably most well-known for on Twitter. I do a thread, and I have the article that came out of that thread. That's that's how I ended up writing for the Undroppables. Um, and uh, I do Untangling the Wire, which came out this morning as well for the waiver Wire article. Uh, I'm, I'll be honest. Uh, last week, I wish I took some more of my own advice from that DFS column because I got my ass kicked. Uh relentlessly in DFS this past week. I think I won some snake drafts, but I did not win a single thing outside of, outside of that. And uh, some of the guys I said to play, I couldn't fit in, and and uh, I wish I had run a different uh, roster there. So when it's you know, I get, Mike at Twitter. So. I, I, uh, I get caught doing the same thing sometimes. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about this is a good streamer this week, and then I leave him yeah. on the bench for fantasy. <laughs> Obviously different, but then – you know, sometimes uh, your own advice is the best one to run with sometimes. But um, very, very appreciative to get you on. Um, my guy, Kevin, who's on shows with me on Wednesdays when I was asking, like, who's a good feature? He said your name, man. So I had to, had to jump on his uh, advice. Deeply flattered. Kevin's a great guy. Thank you, Kevin. Um, good to be here, man. Super excited, Nick. I've, I've been following you since you got started and uh, admired everything you've done all the way through, man. So. Appreciate really it. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. All right. And uh, second guest, Ashley, not your first time here on the show, but for those of you that do not know Ashley, again, a member of the Undroppables team, you have the Undroppables playbook. You're a co-host on that. Uh, also, really, really good TikTok content. I've been trying to like, <laughs> dive in myself and, and try to grow a little bit there, but you you had a video back back in October that went over 40,000 views. I mean, you're really yeah. pulling it there, and now you're co-hosting a show, so let everybody know again, where can we find you? And then what do you, what do you do? What you got going on? Yeah, I'm so happy to be back. How much has changed in since the first time I came you uh, this was the first show I ever did was coming on your show. And how much has changed since then. Um, but you could find me on Twitter at Ashley underscore Marie. Uh, with two A's and Ashley, that's the most the, the easiest place to find me um, where I interact with people the most. I do a little bit of writing for the undroppables that's on their website. Um, you can find me running the TikTok at the undroppables. That's some of my favorite work I do. Um, because it's just so much fun. Like it's just like silly, goofy videos that I 
just add some text over and it's a lot of fun. Um, but I co-host, I, I co-host a, a football podcast called the Undroppables Playbook, where we basically look at the entire NFL from a football perspective rather than a fantasy perspective. We incorporate some fantasy in there, but football is really my big expertise and I'm good, really good at fantasy, but football is like my true love. So I have a football podcast co-hosted with Michael Duncan um, and that's a good time. That's Wednesday, live Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and uh, streamable wherever you listen to your podcast. Awesome, awesome. And again, under the Undroppables team, and it's very cool to see the diversity of content that's come out from Ashley and Mike and the rest of the team. So uh, before we get into anything else tonight, I do want to say, as always, this show is uh, partnered up with the Fantasy Points Media Group. You can check out their website, fantasypoints.com slash subscribe. They have a really good deal going on for a discount because we are X amount of weeks through the season. You can also use my promo code 21WIN10 to sign up for an additional discount. And again, I'm on there every single day looking at advanced data, but they have articles, they have other streaming uh, services there as well. So go check out fantasypoints.com. And if you are tuning in, I have Mike and Ashley here. We're going to recap week 10, but a lot of the questions that are recapping week 10 kind of look forward as well to uh, the rest of the season. We have some nice questions here to cover. little round, round circle, some thoughts. Uh, stick with us here. all right so just finished week 10 the first question i have to throw out there is for you guys and we'll go we'll go mike ashley and then i'll, I'll throw my thoughts in and we can we can talk about uh each other's answers here, but which, which performance from week 10 do you think is a good sign for a jump in their fantasy stock for the rest of the season? So uh, the performance kind of gives you those flashing red lights that, Hey, this, this might be, this might be something for the long run here. What's uh what's one performance that comes to mind for you, Mike? Uh, AJ Dillon for me. Um, I know Aaron Rodgers uh, was dinged up and, and not playing, but Dylan had the 21 carries, 66 yards and two touchdowns, but I was more impressed with the two receptions for 62 yards as well. They're putting them in space. They Let's face it, they don't have a hell of a lot of fantasy options on that Packers team. You know, you have Adams, Jones, Dylan, and so-so talent everywhere else uh, as far as who Aaron Rodgers can get the ball to. I think we're going to see a lot more of A.J. Dylan even with Aaron Jones in the lineup, right? So, so he's someone I think uh, he's rostered on like 80 or 90% of uh, teams in, in leagues uh, in both ESPN and Yahoo, I know. So it's not like you can go grab them, but that's a guy whose stock's going up. And I think we're going to see people playing him a lot more the rest of the season versus just trying to hold him as a backup and handcuff to Aaron Jones. Yeah, and you saw through throughout the season as well. I mean, he had a couple games where uh, Aaron Jones was out there, but he was getting enough touches to be almost flex worthy. So now he gets that additional role where we, we're not going to have Aaron Jones for a couple weeks. And and I actually, I, I was listening to uh, the ESPN show, Fantasy 
uh, focus, I believe. And, and Stefania Bell, she was talking about the Packers traditionally. They don't rush anybody back in, especially if they look like they're going to be a playoff team. So we might be seeing a lot of A.J. Dillon when we think that Aaron Jones is coming back in two weeks. It might be maybe four weeks before he's yeah. back to getting the full workload. So uh, definitely could be a handful of weeks if you rostered him that he can definitely be very useful for, for fantasy. Um, Ashley, any thoughts on A.J. Dillon? And then let us know your pick for a player that uh, shows signs of continued uh, positive momentum here in the season after this last week. Yeah, so that was my answer, too. I actually didn't look at the joint show sheet um, so that I didn't get swayed and try like to like pick my own answers, but that was my All answer, right. too. Um, because for me, it's like the, he opens up the playbook a lot. I think I really don't want to call him a gadget guy, but like they're using him in roles that kind of expand the playbook. And that is kind of what they need to elevate this offense to super deep uh, contention for, you know, playoffs so I think that they're going to use him a lot more in a lot of different roles which I think is very enticing for fantasy like you said Mike um, for you know receptions I think was the big perk of this week and I think he's kind of just established himself as not really a like a backup not really a handcuff more as like a steady flex option and he is just like very talented I think that at the end of the day that's what it is you could see that he has a lot of pure raw talent so even when Jones comes back that he'll still be incorporated into this offense a decent amount and uh the, the last just kind of side note is um you know we see often guys get banged up and then the waiver wire show the next week shows the backup running back is this this guy that's going to have some stock. But it's very different backfield to backfield. I mean, this is a guy that some people might view as a starter oh, elsewhere. So um, yeah. definitely, definitely uh, excited to see him him get rolling. I haven't really been as high on him, but I think this year he's kind of proving me wrong because he's doing well with the uh, touches that he is getting. Uh, yeah, I wasn't that high on him either until uh, this year when they started giving him touch, the touches, right? And, you know – Thank you, Ashley, for the positive confirmation. You made me feel good about it. <laughs> there you go. My, mine, so mine, it's not a sleeper guy or anything like that, and it's not a guy that's not a big name, but um, I'm hoping that Stefan Diggs gets rolling a little bit more than, than he has this season. And, and I'm complaining about a guy who right now is the wide receiver 12. But the, the, <laughs> I, I think the, the, the difference for me is looking at last year where he was. At this point last year, he did play one more game. But from weeks one through 10 last year, he was the wide receiver one. So obviously that change as the season went on. But that's kind of what my expectation of him was going into this year, that he could be a top three guy and he'd be putting up these huge numbers. Um, he had more games last season up to this point, over 20 fantasy points. He also had uh, bigger games in the receiving yard department. So he is number six in targets. He is number seven in receiving yards. But up to this point last year, we just saw – a series of games with more fantasy points, more receiving yards. So I'm hoping that after this week, he had eight catches, uh, 13 targets, 162 receiving yards and a touchdown. I'm hoping this is the Stefan Diggs that we're going to see more of instead of like a guy that's been floating around that 15 point fantasy, you know, outing range. So I'm, I'm hoping that we get back to that top three guy. Um, you guys can spit out any thoughts on Stefan Diggs before we, we, we keep going. After you, Ash. Yeah, I think this Bills uh, offense as a whole has been kind of a slow to a fantasy start. Like besides Josh Allen, and even Josh Allen has had a lot of really strange low point weeks. Um, so they've been, or like mediocre, right? Like not the Bills offense that we know and love in fantasy. So I think that that's been a, a huge thing kind of to get them rolling. But I'm I'm hoping 
it was like a little bit of a slump confidence thing for Stefan Diggs and that this is the spark that gets him out of that. I hope so too. I had him as my wide receiver one coming into the season, like Same. overall wide receiver one. So I was kind of surprised by this, um, where he is right now as well. Uh, I, I'm a Patriots fan, but AFC East, I, I watch all the teams really hardcore. So I, I really love what the Bills have done. Uh, what I'm seeing is Josh Allen spreading the ball around really yeah. well. Right? So like, um, I, I have a DFS podcast with one of my friends as well, and he calls me a Cole Beasley guy. But I only pick on I only pick Beasley on weeks I know he's going to get fed the ball, right? Yeah. Um, Allen spread the ball around really, really well, and with guys like Dawson Knox showing he can produce, um, Emmanuel Sanders on the team now. There's there's a lot of options, so the ball's getting spread around a lot more and a lot better. Even Isaiah, Mc, Isaiah McKenzie this week. Yes. yes. Oh, man. Yeah. That kid's talented, though, too. He's just yep. not as talented as some of those other guys. They have a lot yep. of talent there. Um, I'm really hoping Stefan Diggs gets to stress that alpha in him and, and break out, too, just because, I mean, I, I love what, what they're doing with their team. And I think if he's producing at that high level, we hoped he would, their team's even better. If he's not, um, they're good, but they're not real Super Bowl contenders. So I, I thought they were going to be. Uh, and I really think he's uh, – this might be the spark that gets them going. And they actually need a spark to get going because my Patriots are coming up behind them now, right? <laughs> and I want to see a big push between the two of them for an exciting uh, stretch run here before the playoffs. Yeah, don't sleep on that team. Don't sleep on that team because they they might not look on paper sometimes as like the the sexiest of rosters, but man, that team they're playing well. You guys are playing very well right now. Um, we'll go the opposite. We'll go the opposite direction now. So again, we talked about big performance. This is a good sign moving forward. Now let's look at a big performance from week ten that you feel we should not overhype. Uh, we'll start Ashley with you on this one. Big performance that we shouldn't overhype right now. Yeah, I'll actually stick with the Bills, and I'm going to stick with Matt Breida, um, who had three carries for 28 yards, uh, one touchdown, and 18 fantasy points. Um, that's a lot from him. I think the key takeaway from this is that we really shouldn't trust any of the Bills running backs to like get us any amount of points on a steady week. It seems to be a little bit of a confusing backfield, but like I'm not rushing right now like, oh my god need to have him like that type of thing. I think, I think it was just a really good week. They were playing the jets and the jets defense is absolutely <laughs> disgusting. So I just think this one's kind of the fluke. Um, I would prefer to have single terrier Moss on my roster rather than Matt Brita, even though I do have a Matt Brita on one of my rosters, but. And, and, and the funny thing, again, you, you mentioned he had six total touches. The last yeah. time that he touched a football was week one. He hasn't played since week <laughs> one. Um, and it is frustrating because the the uh, the matchup looked pretty juicy for the other two guys. I mean, I, I actually I actually had some faith in in Zach Moss, but he you know he he was slow coming back. I think he had the concussion that he was coming yeah. back from, and I think he only carried the ball seven times. So um, yeah, yeah, Mike. Uh, any any thoughts on, on Rita uh, and then your guy that I we should go fight about? He, he was a candidate for me as well. There was a few few guys this week, right, where um, either they hadn't touched the ball all season and they had what looked like a big breakout game, but we're not going to see any more from, from them. Breed is one of those guys. 
looked to me like they were slowly trying to bring Moss back in after the concussion. Maybe they maybe they should have held him out another week if they weren't going to play him at all because he appears to be the best running back on the team. Um, Brita's, you know, he's done stuff here and there throughout his career. Uh, I wouldn't go heavily investing in him. I, I mean, I may have mentioned him in my waiver article, but I know I didn't write about him. Right, like yeah. it's somebody you might want to consider, but I'm not. I think too, it might have been that it's like the more I think about it, like it is the Jets, and like the Bills were sitting in first place, pretty, and like even with the backup Bills team, I think they could beat the starters in the Jets defense. So I think it might have just been that they were keeping their other two healthy and keeping Moss kind of for this, you know, bigger return to play next week. Yeah, you know, why risk a hit to the head, right? Yeah, I mean, it's pointless. You're gonna win the game anyway. Mike, who was your, your guy for uh, somebody we shouldn't overhype? He had a good week in week 10, but let's not get carried as, away. As I said, I had a bunch I could have went with. I went with Kendrick Bourne. Um, he had oh. four receptions for 98 yards and a TD. He rushed three times for 43 yards. Uh, seven touches. That's all he had. He was super efficient, um, which I love because I'm a Patriots fan, right? And, and I hate to say this, but in the uh, redraft royalty, which is a Twitter uh, analyst league I'm in, I'm 10 and 0, and it's because oh, wow. I did some play and pray guys, of which Kendrick Bourne was one of them. I played nice. him in a break. He's a steady start for me in my dynasty league. Like he starts every week. <laughs> well, do you have, you must have a lot of wide receivers, a lot of starting <laughs> roster spots, right? Yeah. yeah. So, so I can see that there. Um, but if you're talking like a redraft league or something, I, I wouldn't go crazy over this. Uh, he's going to do things like this here and there, and then there's going to be weeks where he's not going to produce that great. It's just how the Patriots offense works. Um, but super efficient this week, and I did love it. I just don't see that happening every week. Yeah, and you look back to week seven, kind of similar similar note outside of a touchdown, four for four, four targets, four catches, had some decent yardage. But the, the thing that kind of is iffy for me is out of the last four weeks, Three out of four, he's only had four total targets. So if this was a guy that out of nowhere had 12 targets and then the next week he had eight targets, then we might be saying, hey, man, this this guy's getting really involved. He's getting some more looks, but uh, it, it's tough. It's tough right now. Th th this game uh, for the Patriots, um, four for him, Aguilar, and Jacoby Myers. They all had four targets, which maybe if you are rostering yes. you know, Jacoby Myers, you don't want to see that. Um, Nelson Aguilar, I think has been a little disappointing just because he had some really nice games last year, but I'm with you. I'm with you until you see a steady increase in usage. I, I guess if he's maybe a guy in a uh, deeper league, like Ashley said, then you have some yeah. faith, but uh, I Ashley, think one of my things with it too, sorry, I cut you off. But one of my things with it too, is that it's been this like steady, um, like carousel of, of like plug and play for the Patriots on, on receivers. Um, they have them. I think I saw a stat that was like, none of them goes over 70%. Can't remember if it was snap or target share, but it seems like they're all kind of rotating around pretty frequently at the same pace. I think for me, it's that it's trying to figure out what's working for Mac Jones, right? Because it's a whole new offense. It's a whole new quarterback. So if this is something Mac Jones goes in and loves and says, you know, the, having him out there made me feel a little bit more comfortable, then I think that's when we're going to see that that in, that bump for Kendrick Bourne. It could be next week. It could be next season. But it always keep an eye on that because I think if he, he even has a little bit of an increase, it's probably because it's working with Mac Jones, and then I would pick him up and play him every week. So here's the uh, – you, you brought it up. Here's the snap uh, percentage the last couple weeks. 
this past week, 43%. Then it was 53 the week before, 30 the week before that, and then 54 the week before that. So it's really kind of lingering a little bit. It's been up and down, but um, yeah, I think that's a good sign. And that's something, I mean, you can go check that out on Sleeper. They show you the snap mm-hmm. percentage. But I think once he gets into the green, I think the green's usually like over 65%. Week three was the last time he was over 70%. So uh, something to monitor, something to monitor. Yeah, that's Did none you? of the Patriots receivers really have been over yeah. 70, which is which is interesting. Not at all, yep. Um, <laughs> my my guy, my guy. So you guys can give me some pushback about this because I'm not I'm not knocking this guy. I actually did knock this guy um, when he got his first start this season uh, for the Browns, and I said I don't expect him to get 11 points. And then he got like 10 on his first play, and I had all these people on Twitter. They were like, you know, kind of ripping into me a little bit, and I I apologize. I'm like, ah, that was a big whiff, which a lot of people don't do. I did it. I said I whiff. But Ernest Johnson, he, I mean, he's been impressive. He has. He's had two games of over 22 fantasy points across the last – four weeks when he does get the touches. What's the reason I don't want to get too overhyped is because when Nick Chubb alone is out there, he's not getting enough touches to be even flex worthy because I think some people have thrown out there the idea that um, when Nick Chubb's out there and Kareem Hunt is still not in the mix that Dearness Johnson might get enough touches to be like a Kareem Hunt and, and, and be able to be in the flex. But the last, the last two games that uh, Nick Chubb was healthy weeks eight, and nine, he only totaled 13 touches to Nick Chubb's 33. So it's it's not enough for me. I know it's a good offensive line, and they they love to run the ball, but uh, you got to factor in Nick Chubb should probably be back this week. And then you got Kareem Hunt, who I'm not entirely sure of the timeline, but once he is back, now Dearness Johnson's the third running back. And if he wasn't getting enough touches to be consistently relevant as a second, then – I'm 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 concerned for uh, anything to be hyped up moving forward. So I almost want to say that um, if if people have that mentality that he's going to be the Kareem Hunt until Kareem Hunt comes back, he might be a sell candidate. And I'm not a big you know sell high, buy low, that sort of thing. But that that's some of my thoughts. But uh, uh, Mike Ashley, let me, am, am I am I being too pessimistic about his value moving forward? Go ahead, Mike. No, you're not. So. I, I say things a lot on, on Twitter and my articles and on my podcast, right? Coaching matters. Play calling matters. Um, Dernis Johnson is great when he's the only running back there. I, I had him as a moneymaker this week because he's getting 100% of the touches, yeah. 100% of the snaps. It's it's. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm like old. Uh, I still work out, though, and I, I can still run. You know, that offensive line is really good, and the play calling is to run the ball all the time. Now, I would get killed because I'm old, but, you know, if you put a young running back in there who's worth anything uh, in the NFL, they were going to produce um, just because that's what they do. Uh, that's the play calling they have. He's the third running back on this team. Once Hunt's back and Chubb's back, he's going to just fade back into his his role as a third stringer, waiting again to get his chance. I mean, he did it. I think he did a good job with it. But, I mean, I can't compare him to either one of those other two guys. They're they're both very dynamic, and I see him as just another guy, right, and in a good situation. So so I agree with you. 
I think on any other team, he'd probably be like a steady RB2. Like, I think he would put up decent numbers. Not, I don't think he's ever going to be like a real RB1 on a team. I think he could be an RB2. Um, I think he's the perfect saw candidate, actually. I think you could get a decent amount for him right now, um, especially with this like narrative of the Browns' other running backs are chronically injured, right? Like, they're so it's if you're not, if you don't expect to play him again on a week that's not like a week like this i would i would totally hand him off to someone else for a i think you could get a decent amount i don't think you're being too pessimistic nick i think it like the numbers tell a story and when anybody else is there his numbers decrease so that's kind of just the the picking order of what that browns offense uh and running back room looks like i think we are all on the same same page and yeah. you know hats off to him for the performances he has yeah. had yeah Getting, getting the touches, but at the same time, you still have to go out and do it. So uh, all, all for that. Um, switch gears here. Again, recap in Week 10, but still kind of looking forward here. Uh, I'll, I'll start this one off, but this this one is who had a bad performance that we should not be worried about because we often see that in fantasy. Somebody has a bust week, and then everybody starts to throw out some some hot takes. Oh, is this guy a drop candidate? Should we sell him? Uh, a lot of overreaction sometimes, and – this one hurt. It hurts. I, I actually lost a matchup by three points, and uh, I had him him playing in this one. But Mike Gusecki, I, I know a lot of people are not the biggest fans of him, but um, I will say he's been, he has been very good this season, though. He's still, I mean, he's still the tight end three despite having a goose egg. Um, if the goose egg that he had, he had zero to three targets, then I'd be a little bit more worried. I he, he did have seven, and it, you know, I I'm not, I didn't go back and replay. I know he had. I think he had like at least two drops in that one. Um, but I'm I'm not as concerned because he still was getting the seven targets. He's had four games of 16-plus fantasy points. He's had six games of seven-plus targets. He's one of the most targeted tight ends in the league. So for redraft purposes, I'm, I'm not concerned. If I saw a big dip in his target share or the routes that he was running or the, the fantasy weeks he was having, then I'd be like, oh, I don't know if we can play this guy right now. But for me – um, unless you have Kelsey and Pitts and Waller and, um, I mean, you can go down the list of some other guys that are very, very consistent, then I'm still fine if Mike Gusecki is your, your, your tight end to plug him in and play. I don't think you bench him because of this week. Just because, again, targets to me for the tight end position are everything. Um, Ashley, you gave the, the thumbs down. So any Gusecki thoughts and then and then going, going to your guy afterwards here. Kasiki is literally my arch enemy. Um, so I will never have Mike Kasiki in a league ever. I will never trust Mike Kasiki ever. I think crushing, trusting Mike Kasiki is a character flaw. I <laughs> do not like him at all. Um, but he lost me at a fantasy championship one year. So oh, okay. So the, the, I mean, now, deep, now it's starting to now it's starting to come together. Yeah, I understand. I probably. I understand his numbers have been good with the constant switch of quarterbacks lately. I don't know that I trust that. I think that's one of my biggest issues with trusting him currently is because I can't remember which of the two it is, but one of them targets him a lot more than the other one does. So keep an eye on that. I think that's the big thing. Um, for me, I, I will stick with a tight end. Uh, the bad performance that we shouldn't be worried about, I think is TJ Hawkinson. Um he took 67 snaps, ran 23 routes. He was only targeted once, which is crazy because he's like the best receiving option on that team, like the only receiving option on that team. But I think that game was like a black hole and whatever was like 
destined to happen happen. I don't understand what went on in that game. It was an eyesore, and so is his big fat goose egg. Um, Hawkinson only missed four of the snaps, like was taken out for four of the snaps. He ran a route on 79% of the passing plays. So his numbers still look good. I just think this was a bad game script and just like a, their game plan all along, which strange, but I do think that this is not something we should be worried about. And, it, and it's funny too, because the game plan ended up resulting in a tie. So it sounds yeah. like they had like their this, losing streak this, is over. Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> and one target in that game, you know, week eight, week six had 11 targets in those games. He's been interesting this year because he, he went through a span weeks, uh, three through five where he was under nine fantasy points, but then the first two weeks he was above 20. So the ceiling's definitely there. Uh, they just, some, you have these oddball weeks, um, Mike, we got two tight ends that we we, we both have uh, mentioned yeah, here. Any I'll, thoughts I'll on any? up from there. But uh, Mike uh, Kosecki sounded it, – it's like he wanted to be Irish this week, Mike O. Kosecki, yeah. uh, with yeah. his Ofer game. Um, the switch in the quarterback during the game probably doesn't help him as well. So, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, you guys played at least catch with a football, right? You're, yeah. you're going from percent <laughs> righty to, to a lefty. The ball spins a different way. It comes in at a different angle. So, like, during the game, I'm going to give Kiseki a pass this game. He had two quarterbacks. Uh, they both target him a lot, by the way. I think Brissett targets more than Tua does. But if you've ever heard wide receivers talk about things like this, uh, when, when switching from a right-handed quarterback to a left-handed quarterback, they'll tell you the ball comes in at the wrong angle, the ball spinning the wrong way uh, because – you know, most quarterbacks are righties, right? So it those little things actually make a big difference um, when you're catching the football. So I'm going to give Kaseki a pass this week. I didn't lose any fantasy championships with him, so I'm not. I'm not. He's not a heartbreaker for me. Right? A little difference there. Um, yeah, Hawkinson. I'll give a break uh, as well. But the Lions just got their asses kicked this week. I, yeah. I don't. I expect more from Goff. Maybe I like him a little bit more than other people do because I, I know he's talented. But I, I don't know. The lack of wide receiver help there is is really hurting that team all the yeah. way around. Um, and I went with wide receivers by the way for my pick, and I went with two, not one, because I'm going to talk about a whole passing game. Um, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett they combined for five receptions and 49 yards. Not good. That's I mean, come on. Right. But the good news is Wilson's back Uh, was his first game back from his his injury. uh, And he injured his hand, too, Uh, was in the cold. It was in Lambeau Field. The Packers defense is actually a lot better than most people think. They have a good defense. Uh, I think their game's going to come up uh, from here with Wilson back. There's not a lot of branches on this passing tree. So the volume is going to be there for both guys. If I was looking to acquire, say, a wide receiver now for the stretch run and the playoff run, these are guys I would look to attain, um, both Lockett and, and Metcalf. I don't know how you guys feel about that. I I have a question for you guys. Do you do you do you think do you think that Russell Wilson and I can know nothing about this, and I'm not a doctor. I got no, no kind of knowledge like that. But do you think that he might have come back too early? Uh, I saw something along those lines. Um, I think just reading up on some stuff. And it was interesting to see that his tight end, he targeted more than anybody. You know, Gerald Everett had a great day. He had eight targets, eight catches. But it's almost like that was like a safety blanket. And and, and to be fair, I usually watch like red zone and like 
NFL Network, so there's different things going on. So I'm not studying the film at all. I'm looking at the stats and the highlights, right? But uh, I almost wonder if if maybe he wasn't completely ready. So and if that's the case, you're hoping he's ready now, in that we have nothing to worry about. But yeah, any any thoughts yeah. here? I don't think he should have came back this week. I think it was like, just like we're playing Air Madras, we're playing the Packers, you know, we have to move up in the standings in the division. Um, I think it kind of is like a little bit of rust. I mean, anybody gets rusty when they don't do anything for a handful of weeks. But I also think it's like you, all the stories about how much he like, did PT like you could overdo PT and that could be it so I think it's just going to take a little bit of adjusting I think he probably came back a little bit too soon but I think no matter when he came back there was going to be a little bit of rust so I think the rust is kind of knocked off and I expect to be back to um pre-finger injury uh Russell Wilson and I, I like the call too on the wide receivers because I don't think that unless you have a really really deep team uh you, you maybe are like looking at Lockett and I know he's frustrating at times because we know he has these up and down games I, I, I love DK Metcalf I love DK Metcalf so I'm I'm never questioning him I think it's, he's unbelievably talented stupid athletic uh so I'm with you Mike and I'm, I'm not worried there uh, especially with him Ooh. we lost the host, lost the host. <laughs> this is our show now <laughs> And I did it again. <laughs> I've done this. I've done this. A, I did this a couple weeks ago. So, so what, what happened was just on a side note before we move forward. Uh, so I'm swiping. I usually have my, you know, notes printed off just the show sheet and everything. Yeah. Printer wasn't working at work today. So I just go on a different screen. So I swipe it. So I swipe myself completely out of the stream, but I'm, yep. I'm, I'm back. I'm back. I don't know if, I don't know if one of we, you guys took control we for five seconds. Over oh, I told right. everyone it was it was our show now. Yeah, yeah. All right. I, I figured somebody <laughs> would take the the lead as the 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 main host, and then the other would be the co-host. But we're all good. I'll be careful okay. with the swipe here. Um. All right. All right. Moving forward. Moving forward here. And I'm back. I won't swipe out. So, uh, we said bad performance that we shouldn't be worried about. Now the opposite. Like I said before, bad performance that is concerning and mike we can start with you on this one who had a bad game in week 10 that you were actually concerned about all right so this is a guy i i, I had as a money maker in my article by the way i thought he was gonna have a really good week playing against the dallas cowboys because they suck against quarterbacks for the most part but matt ryan oh my god his schedule's bad the rest of the way it looks like his wide receivers are all bad patterson's hurt now I mean, he has the Patriots week 11, the Panthers week 14, Lions week 16, Bills week 17. His only easy matchup is probably against Tampa Bay on, on the uh, week 13. I, between the lack of skilled players and, and the rough schedule, like just yuck, right? Like I want nothing to do with him anywhere, not in DFS. If, if he's on your roster as your backup quarterback, because he's probably not your starter, just got him. No reason to keep him around. Yeah, and I, I'm guilty too because I I came out with a video uh, before the week started, and it was like a TikTok video, and that I put on Twitter, and I was like, players that can smash their projections, and he was my quarterback that I mentioned because the week prior against New Orleans, 28.52 fantasy points, he threw for 76.7 uh, percent completion rate. I mean, he had two touchdowns. He looked really good. He rushed for a touchdown. Um, but now, like you mentioned, the schedule doesn't look great. I mean, I guess they play Jacksonville in week 12, but, you know, a few weeks ago when he did play against Carolina, he had six fantasy points, just over six fantasy points. So I, I'm with you. I'm with you because 
I thought it was a good, good matchup as well. I thought he had some good momentum and the fact that he kind of busted like this, I, I don't know. I think there's other guys that could be better streaming options moving forward. Um, you Ashley. forget that this is the Matt Ryan experience, though. Oh, that's true. <laughs> that's true. I mean, that that is extremely true because we saw some of the uh, the 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 highs and lows. Uh, the first first game of the season, seven point three six fantasy points. I mean, it's you're right. You're right. Uh, yeah. Ash, Ashley, any other Matt Ryan thoughts? And then let let us know about another guy that you think uh, had a bad week. We we should be concerned. Yeah, I I think that's pretty much it for Matt Ryan. You said everything that needs to be said. I think his remaining strength of schedule is like, and that's enough for me. I probably wouldn't feel comfortable starting him against anybody other than the Jags. Um, For me, uh, Pat Fryermuth, because there's a lot that's a little bit concerning there. Um, He had 6.1 fantasy points. I think the general numbers themselves looked good, but the fantasy production wasn't there. Um, and with Eric Ebron coming back, it's a huge decrease from the last handful of weeks that we've seen from Mr. Muth. And um, I think too, is you couldn't produce with a quarterback that not saying he's good, but it's a quarterback that actually has an arm, right? Like big Ben can't throw it. And, and you could get fantasy production. And now you have a quarterback who's definitely a little bit better with throwing the ball and you still can't produce. I think the huge thing for me is Ebron coming back definitely hurt that fantasy score, and that's something that's concerning for me. I I do like Big Pat. I will say um, I love him for sure. I love him in Dynasty too. But I think yeah. for regular redrafts that are a little bit shallow, I would be pretty concerned and looking for another option. His uh, his snap percentage did decrease. Uh, he mm-hmm. was in the seventy range weeks eight and nine, and then. Week 10, 62%, and that was a game that went to overtime too. Um, I, I still do have have faith because the targets are there, but at the same time, sometimes we mentioned before the quarterback changes could be changes for, for other things, and even if, let's say, Mason Rudolph, let's say you can push the ball down the field more than Big Ben, but maybe Big Ben, his efficiency to that specific player is better. Um, yeah. Uh, Mike, what, what's your thoughts on, on uh, Pat Fryermuth? It must have been all because of Ray Ray McLeod, right? I mean, there's 12 targets. Kryptonite. Uh, you know, I, I was waiting to see Twitter explode with, go ahead, Ray Ray! Uh, yeah. It didn't, thank God. Um, but I, I have concerns. So I, I have Pat on, on a couple of teams where I was tight and needy, right, and super excited. Um, as, as soon as um, – People coming back from being healthy and then Roethlisberger's not playing. I had concerns immediately um, because, you know, quarterbacks know who they trust with the ball and the backup comes in and who's he trusting? He's trusting some of the backup players, that wide receiver, because he plays with them all the time. They have the chemistry. So I think that also played a pretty big part here as well in in hurting Pat when Ben's back. We'll get to see what's really going to happen a little bit better. Um, you know, Big Ben isn't really that big. He's turning into a noodle arm, kind of like uh, oh, yeah. Manning was. Has right? been noodle arm. Yeah. Manning <laughs> was like that for his last two two or three seasons, too. So it's, I mean, it happens. In the, uh, not, not to make fun of the guy or anything, but speaking of noodle arm, I, I think it was two games ago where he, like, shifted out of the pocket like upwards a little bit and he went to gun the ball down the field and the guy had to come back like 10 yards to go and go and go and grab it so um that'll be that interesting. Was on, 
that that was on ESPN quite a bit. That that play. Oh yeah. 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 Looked like he was going to throw it out of the stadium, but I <laughs> I don't think there was any win that day either. So nothing to blame there. The the Ray Ray McLeod point though, good point because I saw that elsewhere as well that they said you know why did why did Mason Rudolph go to this guy so much and you know other people were saying well he practices with the second yeah. team that he is on so of course he's going to the guy that he throws to every day. So clearly Ray Ray is the best wide receiver on the team. I mean, oh, obviously. He's got the. He might have the coolest name. So I mean, he's got that going for him. Um. All right. So so uh, tonight we know is the big. Uh, Wake up at, you know, 2, 3 a.m. and check your phone real quick to see if you hit on the the waivers. Uh, it's it's a big, big time for everybody. Um, you know, week to week, it, it, it's sometimes a little bit deeper than other times. I still think that there's some some good options that are still under 50%. I always look at ESPN because I feel like uh, a lot of uh, casual fantasy players are on ESPN. If you try to look on Sleeper, you got these people that are in, you know, Dynasty Leagues, like Ashley said, where she's starting Kendrick Bourne as a wide receiver Two or three sometimes, I, I don't know. But but uh, big question, number one waiver wire priority. So who, who is a player that you feel if you had to spend the money, this is the one person you are going for if you didn't have them? So you might have 100 shares of this player, but um, if you didn't have the player, who would it be today if you are submitting uh, a waiver move? Um, Ashley, who comes to mind? I think one of the ones that comes to mind for me is Jacksonville tight end Dan Arnold. Um, I think it's pretty clear that he is one of uh, Trevor Lawrence's favorite, abs- like absolute favorite targets. He has a 20% target share in the last two last handful of, I think it's two games. Uh, PFF had him at an 80% for utilization. He runs a target per route at 20%, um, but he's also averaging 11.7 yards per reception. I think it's a really good add um, if you're a little bit tight end needy, if you're a little in a little bit deeper league. Like I would not play Dan Arnold over some of those top like 10 tight ends probably, um, but he is somebody I would look to pick up in a handful of my a little bit bigger leagues. And the uh, the targets, and I I use targets for the tight end position nonstop on this podcast today and others, but that's literally the number one thing I'm looking for. I mean, if, if they're not efficient with them, that's one thing. But I, I did take some – some. I'm looking at my phone here. Quick notes. I thought he was like the tight end – I thought he was like the tight end three or something along those lines the last three weeks. I mean, he's been, he's been good. He's been good. Um, 10, 7, and 7 for the targets the last three weeks. So he's really involved. Uh, 13.7 this 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 last game. So uh, I do like that move as well because we and were the seeing offense is starting to work. Yeah, actually. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. some of the guys, uh, some of the guys. Kinda, I'm not saying fully. Yeah. Still Jacksonville, but yeah. yeah, that's true. Um, Mike, any thoughts on Dan Arnold, and then give us your number one waiver guy today. So, so Dan, someone I've written up in untangling the wire three weeks in a row, and prior to that, he was one of the guys who you may also want to consider 24 targets over the last three games. That's a 20% target share in that team. He surpassed 60 yards in each of those games. Um, he's probably going to be a TE one the rest of the way. So, you know, if you're worried about Pat Brian Muth and uh, you want a replacement, this guy's out there in a lot of leagues. Dan Arnold is, I, I can't believe it because, you know, a lot of teams are TE needy. So it's shocking to me that this guy is still out there. Um, 27.3% on ESPN. Yeah. Obviously my readership isn't big enough, 
26% rostered on Yahoo as well, by the way. 18% on sleeper redraft. One thing you might not know is if you look on a dynasty team and a redraft team and sleeper, the different percentages for ownership based on I did that not quality. know this. I didn't, I didn't know, know that. that. I didn't know that. Well, at I only all. play in Dynasty on Sleeper. Want, that might be why I didn't want, know that, but I want, didn't know that. You want some more nerd knowledge from me? If you're playing yes. on Yahoo and you wake up at 3 30 in the morning after waivers have ticked off that they're going to process, any players that aren't claimed can be added outside of the waiver process then. So set your alarms. So if you, re- yeah. So if you, yeah. you know, if nobody's claiming somebody and they're there, it's green. It's good to go for you. At there you go. My my, yeah. my my typical alarms four thirty. So I think I I think I'll beat some people around yeah. here at least. Yeah, I discovered you would beat me by many hours. Many hours. <laughs> I discovered the sleeper thing by accident. I had somebody picking on my article, telling me my percentages were wrong, and I said, "Are you playing dynasty or redraft?" And he said, "Dynasty." I said, "All right, I'll go look and see on one of my dynasty teams and look on one of my redraft teams because I based it off awesome. of a redraft team, but there's a difference." Sleepers, um, I sometimes pick on them because I think some of the stuff they do is goofy, but it's it, the app overall, especially if you're playing Dynasty, is the best out there, right? Um, I tried yeah. to move my family league to Sleeper, um, but they're we play on ESPN because it's a lot of uh, people who really it. don't know fantasy, um, and that's what my family league is. So that, that we didn't move over to Sleeper. My personal feelings are: you want to be playing on Yahoo or Sleeper. One or the mm-hmm. other, nowhere else. Um, yep, ESPN. I'm sick of ESPN. That's neither here nor there. <laughs> yeah, so it's they just haven't changed the app. No. Um, so I'm big on the Dan Arnold ad. Uh, had a lot of tweets back and forth with uh, Jack Falcone this morning in regards to it. We feel people don't want him because his name is so boring. They want, they want somebody exciting. You um, want Ray Ray McLeod. Ray Ray McLeod. <laughs> Or Ramondre Stevenson, who's going to be the number one ad this week. Cool name. This is why I'm talking about him. Um, I'm not adding him anywhere he's available, by the way, because I have a lot of uh, Harris uh, in my rosters. Um, But, you know, he averaged five yards per carry for 100 yards and two touchdowns, and he had four receptions for 14 yards. If he's going to be the only guy in the backfield and he's going to get this kind of volume, he's going to produce for the Patriots, right? So – with, with Harris back this week because he practiced today, Stevenson's not going to get this kind of volume again. He may have a role now, but he's not going to get this kind of volume. Um, and Bilicek doesn't often go to a rookie like this. So I'm a little shocked he got so much playing time. But he's going to be the person you're going to see everybody add. Um, so technically he's the number one waiver wire ad for the week. Ashley, any thoughts on, on Ramondre Stevenson? Yeah, I'm another person who has Damien Harris. Um, literally everybody everywhere I could get him, I drafted him, I'm pretty sure, in all but one of my leagues, I think. And that was just because I wasn't able to get him. Um, I like Ronje. I think I might pick him up in a small few places. I'm not doing it overall, again, because this is kind of the Bill Belichick experience. Um, but, you know, it's not something that it's like we're looking back and being like, we were so wrong. I just think we were right that Ramondre Stevenson is really good. Um, but we're right that I think Damian Harris is still the RB1 going forward. I don't really think this changes too much. I think he might eat in a little bit at um, like snap share and taking away a little bit of carries. But I don't think it's not going to be like this every week. Um, 
I think the Patriots offense cooking is a good sign. If you're, I'm not telling you not to pick him up because he he is a good have if you're very RB needy. Um, the Patriots offense being able to start putting up very good numbers um, and Mac Jones being very good now, like I will call him very good, um, is a good sign for you to pick him up. I do think that it's not a bad idea to pick him up. But for me personally, I have a lot of Damian Harris. I love Ramondre Stevenson though, so. I think also it's going to be, he's a great have in Dynasty um, if you don't have him yet because Damian Harris's contract year is next year. So Damian Harris will be playing for his contract, but you never know. I mean, if Ramondre Stevenson is this good as a rookie, it could be that they just send off Damian Harris somewhere or they send Ramondre somewhere. So I think Damian Harris, uh, Ramondre Stevenson's a great uh, pickup. And if you have a smaller Dynasty league that you can uh, grab him in. Yeah, and I think for people that already roster him and might have picked him up as they saw that he was starting, their mm-hmm. their big hot take might be that he's going to win this job. But I, I think I think what's realistic is that he had this huge performance and then he earned himself some more touches. So even yeah. if he's a second guy, if he was getting you know five carries before, maybe he's getting nine carries and uh, two catches or something like that. So if he yeah. if he earned himself some more touches, he's actually been pretty efficient in some games with limited touches week six versus Dallas. He had eight total touches, 15.2 fantasy points. And then the week before this explosion, uh, 12 touches for 12.6 fantasy points. So over a fantasy point per touch. So uh, he's actually been efficient in some games. So if he earns himself 10, 12 touches now, that, that might be potentially flex worthy in the right matchup, but um, I think he's definitely a guy to, uh, to, to pick up because again, we see these backups come in and they're, they're either really good or they're just okay. And and he's a guy that was really, really good last week. Um, and uh, my guy to, to finish this, this segment off my, my number one waiver wire guy and or priority, I keep saying guy all the time, but a uh, waiver wire priority is uh and I know he's gotten a lot of hype, but I, I have, been putting him on my waiver wire videos every single week for the last handful of weeks now. And it's just Rashad Bateman. And I know a lot of people have been spicing him up, but we just look at the targets week, week six and seven, six targets week, weeks, uh, eight and nine, eight targets, two out of four games that he's played in the NFL this year, 80 receiving yards. He had 14 points last game. Um, I, I look at him not just as a waiver target, but I also look at him as a trade target. I think he just looks just from watching the game, I think he just looks the part. He looks really good on the field. He's making plays. He's handling yeah. volume. I, I want him to be on the field a little bit more. Uh, it seemed like at the beginning of that last Ravens game, they were starting to feed Rashad Bateman at the very end of the game. They had Watkins out there running around, and I think he fumbled or something like that. But I, I really, really like uh, uh, Rashad Bateman, and I think he's a guy that is going to transition into a starting player for fantasy for the rest of the year, in in my opinion, will he have some down weeks? Sure. But I think that he is going to be flex worthy for the rest of the season. Maybe it's a little hot takey, but I, I really like their, their first round uh, draft pick. Um, Mike and then Ashley, any, any Bateman thoughts? I know he's been the, the hot commodity of Twitter, but he's, he's been, he's been a good pickup. I have him starting on a team already. Um, Same. So I, I like him. Um, I'm super excited to see Lamar Jackson be so efficient in the passing game, by the way, he's a kid. I, I love, Right. He's just such a good kid. Um, when you hear stories about things he does after games and stopping to yeah. sign autographs and talking to people like you, you want to see somebody like that be successful. Right. And he leaves yeah. it on the field. He plays to win. Uh, there's never a moment, you know, yeah. that he's not trying to win the goddamn game. So I, I love it. this kid. 
Um, I love that they have this complimentary player and I think it helps uh, Hollywood as well. So, you know, yes. I, I like it a lot. Uh, this They've been trying to find somebody complimentary in the passing game to help open things up for, for Brown and, and uh, for Andrews. And, and this is the guy he, he, He's so smooth on the field, too. This is the guy. He's for real. Yep. I, I talk a lot about um, I, the reason I enjoy playing fantasy football is because I love watching football, and I love watching players. Like, I want to have players on my team that I love to watch, and he's one of those guys that's just so fun to watch. Like, watching his routes is so like so enjoyable as a football fan. Um, so I really like him. I think he's really good. Like you said, Reedy, I think – Duncan and I have talked about it a lot on the podcast, but having a very good like wide receiver two and three helps those wide receiver ones do so much better on an offense where you have only a really like a stud wide receiver one and then mediocre wide receiver two and threes they wide receiver ones do just don't produce as much and it's like they should because they should have all the targets or they're just not as efficient with producing like there's there's once you add in elite and very good wide receiver twos and threes, it helps that wide receiver one, like, and it helps elevate an offense too. So I think he is just going to open up the Ravens um, passing game even more than it already has been this year. Yeah. He just, he keeps growing uh, every week yeah. as far as his involvement and you both said it and I completely agree, but they did a phenomenal job in this draft by drafting mm -hmm. a guy that complements their other guy and complements yeah. their system. They could have got another speedy guy that's a downfield threat and is super agile, but it's not really a possession guy. And they went out and grabbed Rashad Bateman. They, they they learned from the Chiefs' mistake, right? Like you keep getting super fast guys, and they're not they're not necessarily helping your top guy at all, and they're not producing. It's um, a great point. They built, they built a good team. Uh, the the Ravens. That's another team, in all honesty, if they're not playing the Patriots, I'll be rooting for throughout the playoffs because I just love some of those guys so much. And they're, you know, they're not in trouble off the field and they play to win. It's it's tough to not like that team. Just tough to not like them. Yeah. All right. L last thing, and you don't have to dive super, super deep into it, but I, I feel like I'm going to start asking this to people uh, once a week for a hot take for this coming week, just so – if it hits, uh, you won't have to victory lap it. I'll just clip it and I'll I'll shout you guys out. But give me give me one hot take heading into week eleven. It could be anything, anything that we can. Uh, I'll victory lap it for you guys uh, if it hits. But Ashley, what's your what's your hot take for week eleven? I think George Kittle finishes as the tight end one on the week. Okay, George Kittle tight end one for the week says Ashley. Mike, what's your what's your hot take for the week? I got hot takey for the rest of the season because that's what you wrote down, right? Oh, yeah, you did write right, right. that. Right, right. <laughs> fair said, enough. Fair enough. Dak Prescott will be the best quarterback week in and week out for the rest of the season. His, uh, his schedule is great. Chiefs, Raiders, Saints, Washington football team, Giants, Washington football team, Cardinals. So he's got a couple of tough matchups there, but the rest are really easy. Um, Everybody looks healthy there right now. I, I think Dak's position to take off for the rest of the season and looking at things from a DFS perspective, right? Like I'm, I'm probably going to be playing him a lot as we move forward. I like it. I like it. He was one of my uh, few players um, that I said could finish his uh, 
QB one overall this season. He's got a nice, nice ceiling. And you can see that obviously with his, his recent weeks, um, this, this past week being one of them, uh, 26.34 fantasy points. He's been in that range before week four against a good Carolina defense as well. The schedule looks good. I'm with you for Dak Prescott and you have to be excited about that, that offense. If you are playing him, one of the two wide receivers, even though you don't Schultz have to be done. excited if you're a Giants fan, though, unless you you're a Giants fan, I had, I had to have that asterisk in there. My old co-host was a, a big Giants fan too. So I had to be careful with, uh, with those you, things. They, they can produce some fantasy and still lose the game, you know. So exactly that's all hey. I need. That's exactly what I need. Fair. Do as great as you want to do, as long as at the end of the day, that the most important numbers, uh, Giants win. <laughs> there you go. D- dubs and losses. All right. All right. Thank you guys so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. Ashley, nice getting connected again with you. Yeah. Mike, first time we, we've been on a podcast. Ho- hope to do it again sometime in the near future. Uh, can you guys, uh, we'll, we'll go Mike, then Ashley. Can you guys just remind everybody where to find you on social media and then anything you want to plug that is coming up for you? Okay. At Mike Reedy FF on Twitter. Um, Thursday, Money Makers and Heartbreakers will be out, and Thursday evening, Friday morning, the Cheat Cheap DFS podcast will be out that I'm on uh, weekly. Please right. check those out. I, I'm begging you. <laughs> <laughs> Money Makers and Heartbreakers is one of my favorites. I love it. Thank you. Um, for me, you could find me on Twitter at Ashley underscore Marie with two A's and Ashley. You can find my content with the Undroppables on the Undroppables TikTok at the Undroppables. Um, you can catch me every Wednesday live. Uh, we have a live show every Wednesday, 8, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for the Undroppables Playbook that I co-host football podcast. Um, we have that tomorrow. And if you follow at UN Playbook, I'm pretty sure we're going to be doing a mailbag episode soon. Um, but that's about it. I'm always around. I that's. I mean, I think the best way to describe where you can find me is just around. I'm always around. Around, around. All right. Yeah. Really appreciate your guys' time. Uh, for me, I'll be live tomorrow, 8 p.m. Central, uh, with Kyle Soppy from ESPN. He's taking Kevin's place, um, who's taking a week off, but that should be a good show. And then on Sunday uh, for the Fantasy Points Extra Points stream and then a bunch of random stuff in between. So, uh, again, you guys listen live if you guys listen on itunes spotify whatever the case is thank you for tuning in if you are following me by chance on twitter and not these guys make sure to change that after you listen to this and uh, have a great night everybody bye bye thanks